Bush got back into office. Yeah. Um, he just somehow came back for the third term. Like, yeah, it was amazing. Came in and killed so, it the debates. So we, yeah, I mean, I wasn't surprised at all. I knew that Obama would win the whole time. It was just a total waste of time and money. And, you know, so here he is. He's he just threw <laughs> $6 billion down the drain. And, and Obama's he now. Here he is. Come on out. And, uh, you know, let's just wait and see. You know, everyone's like, oh, the second term of Obama is going to be the really liberal term. Yeah, dude. Do shit. It's like, yeah, dude, totally. Yeah. Totes, yeah. bro. <laughs> yeah, just be patient, guys. Yeah, keep, be real keep patient. waiting and, uh, and holding back your, you know, your passion and your energy for a president to waste another f- four years and do nothing. Um, yeah, we've just regressed back to this weird thing like abortion and stuff a lot of people who voted for obama last minute because they were like scared that romney was going to elect a supreme court justice and ban abortion it's like nothing in the current day is an issue anymore it's just like these constant threats Mm -hmm. of like a 50 year old ruling it's fear-mongering from the left it's it is fear-mongering from the left absolutely it's interesting how that was sort of what pushed a lot of people into vote you know voting for obama again and it's religion and it's patriarchy. It's two, like, old-school concepts. Once again, they do not apply to how we live and these things that we go through on a daily basis. Like, it just doesn't. Yeah. So, has anything happened, like, since Obama got into office that's noteworthy? Like, has he done anything? And it's only been, like, a month. I mean, well, we found out some interesting things. We found out that there was a record number of drones, drone attacks in Afghanistan last year. It was like over 300, I think it like surpassed Pakistan. Oh, wow. Which was just interesting because we didn't really hear about drone wars in Afghanistan, you know? It was just like mostly like Pakistan and, and all this other stuff. And then, of course, John Brennan's nomination is outrageous. And Glenn Greenwald wrote a great article about it, how it's just like in 2008, he was, he was kind of being looked at to head the CIA, but there was just a huge um, contentious debate about whether or not he should do it because he, he was... Bush's cheerleader for torture. He was really pioneering all this surveillance shit under Bush as an advisor. And then as President Obama's advisor, um, sorry, as an analyst in the CIA, and then as as President Obama's advisor for the last four years, he was overseeing the kill list, really helping, you know, push through all this shit, extrajudicial assassinations and shit. And now he's like, now he's just awarded. I mean, he's awarded for it. And it's like these four years have passed and there's just absolutely no point of contention whatsoever to have him be director of the CIA. It's unreal. Yeah, and I mean, and people need to remember that Obama kept on Hayden. He kept on all these people that were completely on board with the neoconservative agenda during Bush administration. You know, you could look at, you could isolate all these different aspects of his presidency so far. And it's, you know, it's it's not just the new people he's hired, like one of the guys from Monsanto mm-hmm. or what's that Raytheon, that defense contractor. Yeah. I mean, it's the people he kept on too. The I think people, people who were, yeah. people who are yeah. totally in the pocket of Bush and support and cheerleaded his wars and his torture program. Yeah. I think people really need to once again, get out of this left, right shit and just realize that it's a corporatist agenda. It's like, it's a, it's a corporate agenda. It's not a left or right agenda. It's just a corporatist agenda with a little bit of a spin, like more humanitarian spin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's what it is. That's all it is. 
I mean, and and wars have been waged, and military strikes have been waged for you know for a long time about you know using the premise that this is done for humanitarian reasons. I mean, that's the new way. It's not the new way, but it's the most effective way to engage in aggressive military uh, actions. It's to yeah. say, it's to yeah. say that it's for humanitarianism, and when a liberal, supposedly liberal person, is in office who's you know educated and is a constitutional lawyer, it's like it adds this more of a weight to it. It's like, well, of course he's a good guy. He's he's a noble yeah. person. So you know maybe he you know he's doing this all for the reasons he think is good. You know thinks is good. It's the altruism of the of the United States government. And but Bush, it was like an easy target for people to be like, oh, that guy's an idiot. He's a Texan. You know, his daddy was president, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's... Yeah, it's like the drone wars. It's like people think that that's good, it saves lives, American lives, so that's all that matters apparently to some people. But then you look at drones and it's like they have a 98% failure rate according to New York University and a Harvard joint study over nine months in Pakistan. And And so does probably any airstrike. Right, I mean, yeah, like, 98% failure rate and, and so counterintuitive in just creating and harboring more radicalism and, quote, terrorism. How is that any sort of... In fact, I would, I would argue that it's probably even worse um, for the world and, like, even more of a threat of world peace because it's just totally... You're, like, completely wiping your hands of any sort of yeah, accountability. It separates, it separates the human even more from the, the deaths. I mean, yeah. they did a study, I think it was in... Maybe it was in Vietnam that when you would, when a soldier would first get into the, into combat, if you have the opportunity to shoot someone, yeah. and you have them in your sights. Even if your fight or flight instinct is kicking in and you're fearing for your life, a lot of people would shoot above the person's head. Like they would, they would instinctually they couldn't, they didn't, they couldn't face the idea of like killing someone, murdering mm-hmm. someone. So they would, people would shoot above their head. And this is a problem that the military has probably been trying to figure out how to eliminate, you know, since war has started, where it's like, well, now we have the ultimate disassociation with murdering someone. It's a video game now. You're looking at a screen. You're nowhere near the combat. You have your cup of coffee on your desk and you're drinking coffee, controlling a a bombing with a a joystick. All right, 7,000 miles away from where it's happening. It's like... I mean, even a, a person in a plane or an Apache helicopter, there's a chance they can be shot down. There's more, there's more direct interaction there. It's it's almost the same thing, but this is even worse as far as like the dehumanizing, right. not actually experiencing what it's like to kill someone else. Right. And and then and it just allows the idea of perpetual, indefinite war. You know, probably the reason why we could get away with acting like we've withdrawn from Afghanistan and Iraq is because the drones are still going right. to be there and the they'll always still be, be there. there dude. I just don't understand why Obama's even doing it. If it's comp- like what what is in Pakistan that is why does he need to be doing these these drone wars in Pakistan? I don't understand. It's not like does he really just are I just don't get it if it's so counterintuitive. I mean what the are they only, trying to gain. The only way we'd be able to know is if we were like the ones if we could see the whole chessboard, we don't right. see it. I mean, it's a, it's intentionally we're we're shown on the news these little parts of the chessboard, and and we're and they act like that's the whole picture. You know, we're doing it for our safety. You know, right? They're obviously destabilizing our, destabilizing Pakistan for a reason. And I mean, just like the you can look at Syria and Iran, 
and a few other states that are independent, North Korea, um, Cuba, and you look at how the U.S. has treated these states, and whether, you know, whatever your personal feelings are or not about these states, about whether or not you support the regimes, whatever, um, you can't deny that you know, the U.S. is trying very hard to undermine and, and destabilize and, and destroy the last independent states that remain. Yeah, yeah, and, 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 it's, and is it just for superiority and dominance? It's, got, it's something, it's more complex than that. It's well, it's not also, yeah, I mean, well, you look at Syria. Syrian regime funds Hezbollah and Palestine resistance movements. I mean, so that that's one reason right there where it's just a thorn in the side of Israel and the U.S. to just be like, fuck this, you know. And that's, yes, there's and that's, a lot of other reasons, but of course that's also just an irritant. Yeah, I mean, and that's all we can, that's the best we can do to like speculate why they're doing right. it. I mean, right. you know, if we wanted to, we could spend our whole careers in, in doing journalism to try to figure out, you know, exactly which corporations are involved, um, you know, how much money they made in a certain quarter, what their projected plans are, and stuff like that, and, you know, that would get you into a whole other level of minutia, and only then you'd just have a slightly larger part of the picture where you still want, you will never really know the motivations for doing this kind of stuff. Right. All you can know is that we're lied to, and we're presented this false narrative of the motivations to make it so that we're, we're okay with it. To sort of right. like break us into being like okay with this idea of, you know, bombing all these countries and stuff. I mean, and and the and the sort of the magic behind the drone warfare thing and the war on terror is it's like, you know, anyone born around this time they'll understand they'll just be taught in school. You know, oh, it's because of nine eleven we had to go get terrorists. You know, we can't let terrorism stand anymore, and that's and that's all it is. But like you know. That's genius because all the other wars, you know, you know, like we would have to actually come up with a reason, like, oh, well, the Vietnamese yeah. attacked us, or right. But because communism wasn't even enough to validate us aggressively invading people, it was it was a combination of, you know, we don't want communism to take over, but then we also had to invent these sort of catalysts, you know. Um, of right, because you couldn't really look at a population of an entire country and be like, they're all communists, so then we, therefore we need to just invade the country. But you can look at a, a country like Afghanistan and say there's a radical group of terrorists inside the country, the Taliban. Yeah, and they have no, they can't speak out. They, I mean, no. I'm sure some Afghanis, you know, have gone on the internet and blogged about what they're actually like, but like most people, you know, just see the Afghanis as this really uncivilized you know, country filled with fascist Islamic people who hate women, you know, they throw acid in women's faces, they're completely dehumanized from almost every side right. of the spectrum, including the liberal side, where it's like, you know, I have arguments with people who are pretty liberal all the time on this forum that I'm on, where they're just, it's like all they want to talk about is how Muslims treat women and gays. I don't think it's our place to enforce that kind of stuff, because we have a horrible track record of actual humanitarianism. We're the last ones that should be doing it, because we rape and pillage the world. Like, that's our, that's our MO. Right, right. And right, we have a lot of shit going on here, and like... Yeah, we have, a, we have to clean house here first. I just remembered some other person who told me, you know, that I was like a hypocrite, because I talk a lot about 
Islamophobia and stuff, but then I talk about like human rights and I don't criticize how Islam treats women. And it just reminds me of what we're talking about. If you want to talk about religion, I could talk about religion as a whole. Oh, they were saying because I crit criticize Christianity and stuff. It's like, well, I'm living in a crit like a predominantly Christian nation. Yeah. Um, Islam, I'm not going to say what's wrong or or whatever about the the Quran because I haven't fucking read it. I ha I don't know that many people who are like you know fundamentalist Islamic. Like, why would I jump on board with that? You can see that everywhere. It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, and and I mean. I saw this funny comment where Ricky Gervais was, he's doing, so, I forgot what he's what mm -hmm. he's doing. It was like some announcement about his next project. And it had something in the project description about how he's going to like go after Christianity. And someone wrote this really long, epic comment <laughs> about how, oh, look, look who it is. It's another liberal look you know, who it is. Going, going after Christianity <laughs> when I bet you if he tried to go to Saudi Arabia or Afghanistan and talk about Muhammad the way he's talking about Jesus, he'd be stoned to death. So, like, he has no, you know, he has no right to talk about Christianity. It's like, well, first of all, culturally, we're inundated with Christianity from an early age. That's our context, and we're criticizing the religion that people have tried to force down our throats exactly. throughout our lives. Exactly. We have every right to criticize it. Right. We're not, we're not, we're not here to line up every religion and talk about which ones have more greater human rights abuses. I mean, there's plenty of human rights abuses in all religions. And, and yes, there's a lot of human rights abuses in Muslim countries. And and, th you know, and there's through, a lot of fanaticism in all religions, too. Yeah, and through Islamic law and stuff, there's plenty of bad shit that happens. Um, but, I mean, I'm sorry, but I'm that's not, that's not my focus because... I'm more concerned about the marginalization, and it's it, it's an easy target because you're using a society that is, in a, in a lot of ways, in the past and has different human rights than we do, worse in a lot of ways, mm -hmm. and you're using them as a target to like marginalize and demonize as if to dehumanize them as a people. Right. It's like, yes, it's completely valid and fair to go after these leaders and these clerics and these government leaders in Muslim countries, but not, you don't know enough about it, and no, pretty much no white westernized person does to be able to speak to the way that the average Muslim citizen living in those countries thinks. You know, like people in Iran, for instance, they are way more, I mean, I just know this to be true from the, the different Iranians I've talked to, they, they know that people in the United States are not assholes. You know, like, they know that the citizens of the United States, they're not bad people. Right. But we can't say the same thing. We we have this sort of propaganda methodology here where it's like a lot of, most people in America probably think the Iranians are evil and that they right. hate us. They're just bad, you know. Well, it's like, well, they support that government over there, so they must be, agree with it. It's like, no. They just, they just live in the country that they were born in, you know. Like, it's just, it's just weird. It's Glaringly just, obvious fact that yeah. no one like, seems to be able to grasp onto. Yeah, and like, um, you know, and more people don't speak out against it because it's not their job to. Like, you know, it's like, I remember right after 9-11, there was so much complaining about, it's like, well, if these Muslims don't agree with what the terrorists did, then why aren't they speaking out? It's like, that's complete bullshit. Like, fuck you. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> 
<laughs> like, there's plenty of them who have spoken out against it. You're just not looking for them. You want Fox News to show you a clip of a Muslim person saying how much you disagree with the tax? They're not going to show you that because their job is to sensationalize everything and make you hate groups of people. Right. So I'm sorry that you are not going out of your way to find those. Instead, you'd rather just believe and reinforce this idea that they're all bad people and they, they hate you and want to kill you. Isn't it completely outrageous to see that all of these, I mean, every week I'm reading about these fake uh, entrapment cases still. Isn't that sad? It is sad, but this is yeah. this is the threat. Like, this, is, this has become the threat, is just these fake manufactured terrorism entrapment things. It's like, what the hell is going on? What's you would think that after 9-11 there would actually be real... You would think that all these wars that we've launched in the last 10 years, like, I'm actually surprised that there hasn't been real blowback here. Like someone, like we talk about this all the time, but if someone, if terrorism were real, like a real threat, someone could very easily strap a suicide vest themselves and walk into like a Black Friday shopping center. Yeah, yeah. If there was, if, if there was a prevalent undercurrent or even any of like, like these sleeper cells, cells yeah, yeah, somebody would have already done something, and nobody right. has. Nobody, I mean, <laughs> and it could happen at any time if right. it really was a. A threat like this, and that, and in that sense, you know, that's the that's the whole source of all that paranoia and fear. Is like it could happen anytime, anywhere. Right, right, no one's right. safe because they target innocent civilians. But it, and we're, everyone's just poised for it to happen again, and it didn't. You know, unless you count the anthrax attacks, which was the right. the knockout punch of nine eleven. But I'm wondering if these. I wonder if these. Uh... You know, uh, when when these school shootings happen, and I was looking at how the media was treating them, I was just thinking, if all of these shooters were Muslim, it would be terrorism. Like, it wouldn't even be a question. Or if they were, like, brown-skinned, you know? Probably, but because, yeah. But, because, but I, just, I just feel like it's just... I don't know. I don't know. I, I posed that question after, like, the, the Sandy Hook thing or the other one, the Aurora thing, and someone was like, well, terrorism is when you're trying to instill fear for like a political motivation how do we know what the motivation was no and that's, James and that's and also like this guy it's like it's like no you're missing abby's point because the definition of terrorism is not based on the de dictionary definition anymore it's expanded right. just like glenn greenwald says it's been expanded to basically be applied to anyone that the government wants to deem a terrorist for right. their own purposes and he's gone through this all the time it's like well what if the people who fought against us in Iraq were white-skinned, you know, right. and they just used conventional weaponry? They didn't use IEDs or suicide bombings. Then what would they be called? I mean, there was years after the Iraq war started that every media outlet was saying the terrorists. We killed, you know, 12 terrorists today. Are you serious? Just like counting deaths? Absolutely. And then they changed oh it. God. They changed all at the same time to just start saying insurgents. But they used to call... The people in Iraq who would fight against us, terrorists. They would, they would totally do that. They would say it was Al-Qaeda in Iraq. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very weird, effective means of propaganda. It doesn't, doesn't make sense to me, but it seems to work because plenty of people believe it. You know? Oh, it totally works. <laughs> yeah, that, that's how it's always, always worked. It just seems like it's really sophisticated now. Like, it was funny, I was watching these advertisements in, in the Koyaskatsi trilogy thing that you gave me. I watched them all. The Nagaskatsi one is really odd. What do you mean? The, oh, oh, yeah, that, that's the, that's the, I 
I didn't really love that one. I didn't it's, like it's that weird. one. It's weird. It's it's too like too abstract. Too modern. There's a lot of like right. I don't know. I mean, it, we're it's talking about like if, if anyone's if anyone's wondering what we're talking about, Baraka, Samsara, those movies. If you've seen them, this is like the original trilogy. Uh, well, Koinaskatsi was made by the the cinematographer of Koinaskatsi and the other two. He, he went off to make Samsara and Baraka on his own. Right. So it's like not it's nobody else from those movies has any involvement in it. It's just, oh, okay. But they're very similar. I mean, it's like right. it's very similar. It's the same themes. concept. It's just yeah. like you know, sound like. Just visual no dialogue, yeah. just just completely um, amazing, spectacular imagery of the earth and like human beings and civilization juxtaposed, just like really um, great music by Philip Glass and and stuff like that. But anyway, I was watching. I don't know if it was Koyagaskatsi or or Pogaskatsi, but like the advertisements because it was like done in what the sixties, one of them or like the seventies. No, they were both. They were all done. I think Koyagaskatsi was done like eighty one or something. Well, whatever the oldest one was, and it wasn't that long ago, obviously, if it was just the early 80s, seeing the advertising in, like, Times Square and in Tokyo, it was like a kid holding a hamburger, and it's like, eat this! Very forward, just, like, giant text, consume! <laughs> and now, I mean, just, like, thinking about how much advertising has changed from then till now, and just how much more introverted, you don't even know... I'd like to consider myself aware and be able to like dissect when I'm seen or being propagandized to you, but it's really impossible because it's done so well. No, it's done, you have it's no a idea science. how it's affecting. It's a science. Yeah. I mean, and there was a lot of there was a lot of academia and like study on on what they call subliminal advertising. Like back in, when I, like in the eighties, I remember this was a it was a more popular form of sort of cultural dissection that people would actually try to scientifically break down like the different ways in which we were being advertised to on a subconscious level. And impossible. And I remember at the time like I was just totally in disbelief. I was like, no, that's not possible. I would notice that. You know, like I right. would be able to see it. It's down to a science. Like I'm I mean things like this the flicker rate of televisions, you know, supposedly they've done things with flicker rates to make it so that like They'll be more soothing on your brain, and you'll be more susceptible to the information you're hearing. It'll put you in a more calm state, you know, like if the screen is flickering at a different rate than it is normally, or if if a combination of colors is shown right. to you in a specific order. I mean, some of these advertising agencies or marketing firms, they've, they have scientific data on what color combinations, like, stimulate your... You know, like the reptile part of your brain that makes you emotional or, or, or arouses your, you know, your sexuality or something. Like there's, there's been, they've studied these things. It's too powerful. Like, and I'm not saying it makes you want to run out and go buy something. Right. But I could, I could feel a lot of the time like the emotional response. Right, right, right. That it's sort of creating in my brain. And then I'm like, oh, that's really weird. Like I need to turn this off because it's actually like making me like kind of upset. Like, it's, I, I can feel it sort of affecting me. I'm, Absolutely. I don't want to listen to this shit right now. You know what it makes me, this conversation makes me think of how many people in the world, and this is why I laugh when people think, like, I'm communist or whatever, but, I mean, just to, to, to look at the obvious truth that the majority of people working in industries are working to build things that are destructive and harmful toward humanity. Advertising as a concept is completely poisonous. It does nothing but prey on people's vulnerabilities and insecurities and make them think that they're not worthy, that they're not good, that they don't have any friends, that they're ugly, that they need to buy shit to be like, to fit into society's mold, to be this kind of person. 
how destructive is that? How much, how much damage does that do? And how many people work in this industry to do that? Not even to mention the weapons industry, the military machine. It's just like, what if these people were actually doing, if all of our brains were together, like trying to make the world good? It's just, I know it's so cliche well, to say, but it's true. <laughs> you're a communist for thinking that collectivism is evil. Um, but I, I Fine, what about America? Like, let's yeah, just yeah, look yeah. at America. It's like, what if the people in this country, all these smart scientists were put together to, to be like, how could we make this country sustainable? You know, it's interesting to go from being... I, I did think that I was a libertarian because I really was attracted to Ron Paul's whole philosophy about, you know, the government is pretty much inherently corrupt. Um, you know, these endless wars, civil liberties being er eroded, they don't care about this and that. And I was just, like, really attracted to that whole mindset. But the more I, I look at it, I think that... I think that the market is extremely free. I mean, how... How free does a market have to be in order for corporations to literally own the government? I just don't understand how monopolies don't wouldn't inherently happen if you open up the market a hundred percent and just sell that as like a form of regulation itself. No, because corporations it, it is, would immediately like they would just follow the same path that they've been on. Like I don't I don't understand that, I guess, is what I'm like learning more and more about. No, and it's 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 a silly concept anyways, because it's like People are complaining about government regulations over corporations, but then, I mean, you're acting like that's actually what's stifling forward progress and, like, some sort of good to come out of the free market. But at the same time, like, corporations, the more powerful they get and the more advanced they become, they're not if you take away the regulations, they're not all of a sudden going to become sort of out-compete each other innovatively until, like, you know, all of our, a lot of the world's problems are solved. That's not. It's, they're gonna, It's probably going to get worse, actually. Yeah, like, because think, and yeah, and when people say that that opening up the market or having like a, a free market will incur forward thinking and growth, like you just said, what they don't realize is that these corporations are what's preventing growth and technology right now. Like we don't need fossil fuels. There's so many other alternative forms of energy that we could work in harmony with the earth. But that's not the interest of corporations and these lobbying firms. And, and really, that's not anything but capitalism or, or but this, this market that we live under right now. I guess people could argue that it's not free enough, that government regulation is preventing that. But in my eyes, I see that as, as, as the truth. I mean, the system that we're living under right now is preventing all of these things from happening. We're so beholden to big oil and all this shit we're just like destroying the planet in the process until the last drop is sucked out from the earth. We just don't even care about really making the planet sustainable. It just doesn't make sense to me. Do you know what I'm saying? No, it doesn't. It's much more scary to, to think of it as a machine that's unstoppable. And it's it is, not a certain once group all these of people, people. Yeah, once all these people who are in these corporations die off, the corporation continues. It's right. like a, it is like this monolithic entity that has no human moral compass and right. it, and it's like you know it's not sentient but it's but it's it is sort of weird because it's just like the i don't know yeah this, corporations don't have a constitution they don't i mean like even if our government is completely ignoring the bill of rights and stuff and like what the laws are like 100% at, at least there's like a fake thing that we can rally behind to try to restore or like call, call attention to and try to like 
yeah, if you something know, gets persecute exposed, them. Like, yeah, you know, like, um, it's like, like you're Aaron, violating Aaron this law. Yeah, like someone like Aaron Brockovich exposing that, you know, that chemical that was getting right. the water supply of the right. runoff. Right, PCBs. Yeah. If there was no, you know, and the government, yeah, the government is fucking corrupt. But when it comes to a certain point, if there's enough outrage or like attention generated for something like that, they'll step in. Right, but there's nothing like, like that for corporations. To. There's nothing no, like not. that at all. And and how could we think that just giving com- total... I don't understand. I know, I know the libertarian argument, though. It's saying apply very basic rules to all of humanity, like corporations included. Like, that, like basically saying that there would be no two-tier justice system because corporations would be beholden to the same laws that we are. But I just can't help but think... What body would oversee that if corporations ultimately, I mean, if, if we do just in the natural state of things, in the natural course of progression, that they would ultimately like own the government? I mean, I guess, would there be laws that would prevent them from, like, revolving door into positions of power that can enable, like, different legislation that would help their corporation? I don't know. It just seems like that is that is the course of how it will go. I mean, it already has. I just don't get it. I just think that there could be there could be something. I just think the more and more I'm looking at it, the more flaws I see with with that whole movement. But at the same time, I'm not saying that there's a replacement out there. I'm not saying that communism or socialism is a good model to completely replace the society with. I don't. I just think that we could do better. I think that we're advanced enough where we can incorporate aspects and really try to have maybe a citizen's body or like a cooperative based government at small community levels that could really have direct democracy. Definitely get, I don't know, get rid of, getting rid of the electoral college, I think is first and foremost something that we should do. Cause that's like preventing people from even voting third party. Cause it really, there really is no point for pe- in people's minds when they are living in a swing state, they're just like, well, you know, at least like Britain and stuff has ranked choice voting where they can vote for a third party and will actually get some sort of representation if there's like a certain critical mass behind them. But here, we don't yeah. have that at all. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that could be like one thing. I mean, of course, I think that the whole system needs to be completely overhauled and re-established, but... Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of people out there who it's like, well, if you don't believe in capitalism, then what do you believe in? You know, it's like... I don't know, I'm just saying, you know, I just am seeing so many problems with the way that it's working right now in society. Right. I mean, I mean, look at the way the BP oil spill was handled. I mean, right. with all the government regulation in the world, I mean, you still would be able to really stop or control an entity that's that big. Because they're, like, bigger than almost any government. I mean, they're, I mean, just not them solely, but, like, the oil industry, you know, like... It's bigger than any nation state. Well, and BP's a perfect example because people who say you can be conscious consumers and that capitalism can be a conscious thing where, where consumers would regulate the market by buying or choosing not to buy, BP's still thriving. BP's still a thriving entity. I mean, people buy their gas all the time. No one's said... Yeah. I don't. I mean, yeah. No one. No most, one has said like, let's mobilize and never buy BP again and like put them out of business. No, it's almost like this imaginary idea that like the the you know the the, the regulators would be like the public and they'd be like, no, don't buy it from them because they do. It's like, no, people are just going to fucking buy it and, and consume things. Whatever is cheaper. Powerful. Well, not just whatever is cheaper. People even don't do that. I mean, you right. can get a much cheaper phone plan for your phone, but mm-hmm. like people have heard of AT&T and Comcast and they trust 
that name because it's been brand it's been branded and marketed to them since right. they were born. Like AT and T's, you know, it's been around for almost I think probably over a hundred years. So like, it's it's just that's what people do, and it's right. not it's not going to change. You know, if there was less government regulation, it might actually get worse because. You know, look what happened when, like, the government allowed, they removed regulation. One of their regulations under Clinton that was removed is that they didn't allow pharmaceutical companies to advertise. And once that was removed, now doctors have less power. Because it's like, before they were the people who were able to, you know, decide based on their own judgment what drugs people need and whatever. And now they're pressured by all these pharmaceutical companies who have gotten way more powerful now to just peddle their drugs and and they they you know it's this well oiled machine where you walk into a doctor's office. Well, they get and you're contracts like, too. That too, yeah. But then like people are just asking for drug. You know, they, right. they see they're like commercial. I saw. They're like my I have restless leg syndrome. Can I have this drug? I've already like self diagnosed from just watching commercials. Yeah. And I don't think, and I'm against the idea of people not being able to regulate their own health with the drugs that they want. But at the same time, like I definitely don't think that it's a good idea when we're being advertised which drugs we should buy to have that it's it's kind of a tricky thing if to have that freedom but then also be so mass advertised it's dangerous right. like in mexico it's almost less dangerous the way they consume pharmaceuticals because they're not mass advertised to like that they just can they just don't have to have a prescription to get stuff so it's like they could go into a, a, a pharmacy and talk to a pharmacist about what they need like what antibiotics they need that's how they get the, the drugs. But here, yeah, we're like, we're mass advertised to, but yet we have to still go to a doctor. It's like, I don't know, it's just, it's just, we're really fucking weird in this country. <laughs> yeah, and let's talk really briefly about Aaron Swartz, the co-founder of Reddit, who I've interviewed on RT. Oh, wow. Really smart, oh. really smart guy. It's um, really tragic. It's really, really sad because he was only 26 years old and he was facing 35 years in prison simply for releasing academic journal articles online. Oh, is that what he was actually an, an yeah, facing jail time for? Which is just so unbelievable. It's like, you know, rapists and murderers in some case can get very little yeah. time. And here you have just a guy who, you know, he was essential in stopping SOPA. He was a huge activist on the internet. Probably one of the most prominent internet activists for neutrality, for transparency, and all of that, um, he, you know, he killed himself because the system came down so hard on him uh, because of this one thing. It's like those people who download songs and, and they just get targeted just to be set an example of. And instead of having to pay millions of dollars in fines like some of these people are, he was facing almost a life term in prison for simply yeah. just releasing public information, which he said it was just interesting because it's like the public funds... It was like public, I don't know what it was, it was like this really good argument where he had, he was just like, we're paying for this with our tax dollars, like paying for education, so why should we have to pay to get into this system, like read things that should be free or something, it was just like an interesting, I mean, I agree with him, it's just, it's like it hurt no one really, you know, even the company I think didn't want to like prosecute him, I think MIT was just like, we're not... Yeah, you know, I, I wish I could speak more about it, but I, I don't know enough about the... It's like, what is it, JTSOR yeah. or something? Yeah, I don't... I, I was reading about that. It sounded really interesting. 
just the concept that there was an entity selling these things for so much money, but yet the money wasn't going to any of the scientists right, or the people authors. who did it. It was just yeah. like this company is scanning. All they're doing is scanning other people's work and then basically copywriting it. Like, how does right. that? How's that even legal? I don't know. It's as weird as this. Um, there's a company out there who's sort of got called out, and then they they re, they sort of stopped all these lawsuits they were doing. Where apparently there's a company that actually successfully patented the concept of scanning something onto your computer and then emailing it to someone else. So like what do you mean? These, like a book and shit? Like anything. Like apparently they filed a patent that went through the U.S. Patent Office of, of like the concept of scanning something and then just like distributing that file to someone else. So they sent out all these weird cease and desist like lawsuits to all these different offices that use commercial scanners and they were just like you are breaking our patents like laws and you need to like pay us all this money what and i'm sure there was plenty of people out there who actually probably just paid up like out of fear oh my god and then all these companies that make scanners like didn't come to their defense they didn't be like no this is totally fine like, anybody <laughs> what can the do fuck? this they just sort of all these Absolutely like op- random offices had to like hire lawyers and and fight in in court until this this company backed down but it was just like it's just oh, what weird. A waste of time. That type of capitalism to me is is some of the most evil because I mean they might might not do as much like physical damage, but it's so dishonest. Like the whole like prospecting thing where people who just buy you know thousands of domain names and then just hold them and then you know charge you know make the highest bidder or whatever like buy the domain if they want it. Just I, it just makes me sick. I think that's how people are making money out there. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, predatory. I mean, like, oh, all capitalism's sure. predatory, you know? It's, like, these... It's, like, just... It's so interesting how we already pay so much of our tax dollars, and, like, Peter Joseph said this when I had him on the show. It, was just, it really stuck with me, though, because it really is interesting to live in a country where we applaud politicians who tell us we're not going to get health care, where we applaud people who say we want to close down public schools and, and outsource them to private corporations. I mean, how... It's just it's just an interesting thing. It's just very unique to like this whole, you know, gung-ho American dream mentality that's so just not well, it's doesn't like not I got, apply. Yeah, it's like I got mine and I, you know, even if I was born into a life of privilege or happen to be born in like a nicer area or whatever, I got mine and I'm able to, you know, generate all I need in life. So nobody else should get a, a free handout. Yeah, I just want to keep everything for myself. But it's like people who say, oh, well, they're paying like 45% in taxes. My friend Ryan in Oakland, the Bay Area hip-hop artist, he has this bizarre, undiagnosed, debilitating disease that's completely crippled him. And and even just an MRI is like $2,500, like for someone who doesn't have health insurance. I mean, if something happens to you, then wow, you are definitely fucked. I mean, you can owe tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in medical expenses, so let's and just hope you that you have, can go your whole life. Even you if know. you have health insurance. Right, yeah. Even if you have it, you still can be so um, inundated with medical bills, you know, co-pays, that you'll be fucked. Like, you won't be able to continue to pay for your medical care that you need. I mean, that's that's just the way it works. Like, it's so interesting that people think that, like, every other... Like socialism, socialized aspects of other European countries, like education and healthcare, 
my God, can you imagine? Like, I mean, everyone I know, that's the debt that they're burdened with is education, is college debt. Hundreds of thousands of dollars in college debt. I mean, I just don't understand how it could be a bad thing to have free education. I don't know. I don't understand that at all. And like, I mean, people, to me, it's like, yeah, the government's fucked up, it's corrupt, but as long as we're on the sinking ship, you might as well like get a, a leg up and get something out of it. Yeah, as long as we're paying this much that. money for military and wars of destruction, yeah, it's like, why don't it's we like, spend that money on good shit? Yeah, to me, it's just like, take the silverware while the ship is going down. Like, it sounds retar maybe retarded to some people, but like, if you're having trouble, you know, getting a job or whatever, and, you know, you can figure out a way to get food stamps, get them. I mean, fucking get us. Like, who gives a shit? Like, I don't have, to me, there's nothing wrong with that. Even if you're not literally starving, just gets food stamps. Fuck it. <laughs> I mean, it's, if it's available, just try to get it. Like, I just, I just don't even care. You know, it's like not. You know, I don't know. Whatever. Well, it's just such a drop in the bucket compared to all these giant bureaucratic agencies and like war, and just destructive forces like going toward just killing and death and and terrible things. You know, it's like education and and very small services that the government asks or like that you can tap into. I mean, that's not the target. That shouldn't be the target. It's just ridiculous. Well, we should wrap it up. We're, we're approaching 2.45 here. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, please donate to MediaRoots.org if you want to see the website continue, and please watch Breaking the Set on YouTube. Check it out. Yeah, check out Breaking the Set, and um, we should announce now that Ambiente... That collaboration you and I did together is, is shipping now. Um, you can get it on the UK, in the UK at normanrecords.com, or if you're in the United States, go to recordlabelrecords.org, and then eventually we'll probably have a, a link up on the Media Roots website to purchase it when it's when the new site's launched. And how long is that going to be? Uh, in about two or three weeks. Two or three weeks. Yeah. So thank you very much for all your support and for listening. And now I'll talk to you later. Bye, everybody. Bye.